welcome back to the Moral Hangover podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dombrowski, and I'm here with my producer, Victoria Bruno. Don't forget to subscribe to the Moral Hangover podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can follow us if you want to see our lives from a day to day on at the Moral Hangover podcast on Instagram. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Do the Mondays ever get easier in the summer? No, they don't. Doesn't it feel they like- get worse. They get worse. It feels like you get attacked <laughs> in the face by like a raccoon or something. It's like a raccoon falls out of a tree and like climbs on your face and just attacks you <laughs> and blinds you. That's honestly a great analogy. It's because like you're doing so much during the weekends versus like in the winter, you're like, okay, I just rested, did nothing. It was raining. Yeah. Now in the summer, you're like, go, go, go. And then Monday really just smacks you right in the face. Smacks in you in the analogy face. That you said. Smacks it. Literally smacks it unconscious. It literally smacks you so hard. Like the Floyd Mayweather fight to um, Logan Paul. Like that hard. You're done. Like 46 out of 200 <laughs> punches thrown at your face. Horrible. You know, it, it, it's really relevant to this podcast because we're having so many moral hangovers. Oh, I have, a, I have a moral hangover at least twice a week. Actually, recently they weren't that bad. And then I started going out again. And I was like, oh, yeah, Katie. They're, they're back. back. They're back. They're back. They're like, hi, miss me. I'm back, bitch. Literally. Um, I saw someone tweet this weekend saying they're having hang anxiety, which I like that word. A hangover it's like when you're hangover. Yeah. Oh, I have hangover anxiety every time I drink. I wake up after I drink at like 7 a.m. and then I can't go back to sleep and I'm just like sitting in agony for hours until I actually go and do something. I know and you're like, what did I say last night? Who did, who did I talk to? You overthink every little thing that you did that night, even if it wasn't bad. My most recent moral hangover was car troubles. First off, I recently needed to get my car, like the New York State inspection. And I thought during these inspections that they just check everything. Do you know what they check? I have no, I couldn't tell you shit about cars. Yeah. So I thought they checked everything and I knew I kind of needed an oil change because the little sticker on my car said it was almost time. And then I pick up my car and they didn't change the oil. So I called my mom and I was like, why didn't they ask me about the oil? And she's like, they don't check the oil in the New York state inspection. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to know that? Does everyone just have a list of what's. So what do they check? I don't even know. I, they fixed my like tail light, but apparently they don't check for oil so that i discovered so i was like all right i'll get it done in a few weeks before i drive to philly and i drove so i drove to my dad's house and he lives in long island and with traffic which is the worst thing in the world it takes about two hours to get there and i was leaving the house his house and the check oil light came on and i was full-blown like anxiety attack in the car because i was like holy crap I'm going to break down on the highway. What mm -hmm. am I going to do? I don't know any of these towns in Long Island. And also I have to cut through like the Bronx and New York City. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what's going to happen to me? I like called my mom. She's like, I think I'll make it home. Then I called my boyfriend and his friends. And they were like, Victoria, you should really pull over to a gas station and fill your own oil. And I'm like, absolutely not. That's not an option. So fill then, your own oil. Is he insane? yeah and then my does he think you're gonna get under the hood of your fucking car and fill your no he was like victoria i'll walk you through it and i'm like i really appreciate the generosity but no thanks but no thanks so yeah. then i thankfully my brother and his, my sister-in-law are literally god's gift and they stayed on the phone with me for an entire hour of the car ride and basically calmed me down and i made it home so were you crying i did not cry were you screaming Yes. In real moments of panic where I'm actually like nervous for my life, mm -hmm. I don't 
I don't cry. And Mercury's in retrograde, so really shit's about to hit the fan for all of us, which explains, Katie, why things are going the way they're going for us. So. Oh, shit's been hitting the fan, I think, since 96, honestly. But here we are. <laughs> well, kind of a moral hangover, kind of not. But um, I'm apartment hunting with a friend of mine. And, you know, we're just not having the success rate that we want. And a lot of uh, landlords are kind of sketchy. And we're just kind of trying to weed out who's sketchy and who's not. So I actually just reached out to a realtor today to try and help me because I'm done with the BS of doing it ourselves because people, I just think, make shit up. Sometimes I heard that just doing the realtor, even though it might cost a little more, you might get a better property or a better deal than not. Yeah. And she knows the landlords. Like she'll know the, she'll know who she's working with through their agent and through the person who's trying to lease their apartment. Whereas when you're going in blind with these like apartments.com, I don't know, like the response rate isn't that good. And sometimes they just like ask for crazy things. I remember this person in particular, they're asking for $900 by tomorrow. And I'm like, that's kind of fucking sketch. Without a lease signed. Yeah. Without a lease sign. Yeah. They're scamming you. No, they're totally, they're totally trying to take my money. And also like I have, I have savings. So like $900 wouldn't be like difficult for me, but I'm saying for other people who maybe wouldn't have that by tomorrow, like you can't just expect that of someone to be like, oh, give me 900 tomorrow. Yeah. And usually they just say, you need to sign this lease by tomorrow. They don't say we need the money tomorrow or you're done. Well, then he was saying how we're irresponsible and like, we don't know how to communicate. And I'm like, honey, do you know what I do for a living? I know how to communicate. And so does the person you're talking with. So do not be coming for me because that's not the issue here. The fact he was so defensive is even more So sketch. defensive. It's like get a fucking life. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So why don't they teach us about this in college? They don't teach us about how the fuck to change an oil, oil in your car. And why don't they teach us about renting? We're just thrown to the wolves with these assholes. Yeah. Who also just want to scam. He want to scam girls. He was like, it's seen, he was like, I've had so many red flags with you. It's like, honey, this is like my first red time doing flags? this. He was saying there's red flags with us. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm asking you hundred questions because this is my first time doing this. And I don't want you to screw me over. And also my parents are lawyers and they're asking me to be like, get documentation, get this, get this. Like, I'm not just going to go in this willy nilly. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say. Oh my God. Yeah. I've never heard that happen. And like a landlord coming at you, like at most I've just heard him like, he should have just dropped you if he's annoyed at you. He shouldn't be fighting back. Right? No, but that's another thing that you just said about women. They assume. They assume because they we're assume young. They assume that we don't. Yeah. And that we're girls, that they can just walk Pull all over Pull a fast us. one on us. Yeah. yeah. It's like, bitch, I know how to negotiate. Little I know what this know, shit means. I'm a walking chihuahua. <laughs> and so watch you. out. Moral hangovers are something that we have on the regular throughout our lives. And our guest, Nicole Rose, in our interview today, she definitely has some moral hangovers from her experience in doing television. I'm so excited to bring her on because she does it all. This girl, I'm so impressed with her background. She's a DJ. She's done Coachella. She's done Art Basel. She is on a TV show. She is an entrepreneur. She's now doing a mindset class. She is a definition of an entrepreneur and she succeeds in every single lane that she's driving in. So I'm super excited to bring her onto the podcast and talk to her. And also I would be friends with her. I would go out with Nicole in his heartbeat. I loved her personality. I she was so her. fun. She was so nice. I just really look up to her. She's so awesome. And I love that she's always like, you're a queen. So now I'm like, I'm going to start saying like, you're a queen. But her energy, it's like a big older sister. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel a funny older sister though. She's funny. She's not, she's not like dry willy nilly. She's really freaking funny and she's a spitfire. I know. And she also gave you like off the record such great advice when we like talked to her afterwards. Yeah. She's amazing. No, and definitely. go binge Bethany Frankel's Big Shot Show if you haven't watched it already. And she also has a podcast, Big Queen Energy. And I listened to it and I was cracking up because she's so funny and she brings on different guests. So there's a lot of good content. You can tap into hers. If you go to her Instagram, it's at Nicole Rose Stillings. You can unpack all of her content, all of her business ventures that she's doing. She's also good friends with our friend Marshall. So it was so fun to talk to her and connect about that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Nicole Rose. And welcome to Nicole Rose, who literally does it all. Like I'm, I was looking at her up and I'm like, what doesn't this girl do? DJs, she's done Coachella, she's done Art Basel. She is a content creator, a podcaster, big queen energy, and also which is on HBO Max, Big Shot with Bethany Frankel. Let's welcome Nicole Rose. Hey girl, <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. I feel like I'm on in the presence of like a celebrity. I, I honestly was a little nervous before this. I'm like, oh shit, like Katie, don't fuck up. <laughs> I'm very flattered, but uh, I'm just a normal person just like you. Well, thank you for that. So tell me how your day is going. Before we hopped on, you were saying, you know, your dog's your dog's having some issues. Your dog also has its own Instagram following. Which my dog, my dog is has talent. more followers than me. And I'm like, this dog, Disco, how in the hell? So tell us how he's doing. Like, it's like Beth on the show. She's like, the dogs, they're talent. But they, her dogs have like 40,000 Instagram followers. Disco has like 300. Um, no, Disco's good. I rescued him. He is the love of my life. He is like probably 90 at this point. You know, he's a grandpa. Um, but just went to the vet and had to get him some new meds and check out his blood pressure and all that good jazz. And, you know, he's still thriving. Like I gotta say, he's just, he's still with it. There's nothing scarier than taking your dog to the vet. And this is so random. Didn't even plan to talk about this, but it just surprisingly, your dog also went to the vet. My dog was really sick last week and taking her to the vet. I started crying and I'm like, Katie, get your shit together. It's just an appointment. Like, why are you hysterically sobbing in the parking lot about your dog going on a probiotic? Like, I don't know what it is, but something just triggers me. The moment the dog senses they're going to the vet, they get a little scared and it just breaks my heart. Do you cry on the way to the gyno? Cause I definitely do. No, I'm like, I'm dying. I have HPV, even though I can't even get it because I got got the shot. (laughs) But like, I like have a panic attack on the way to the guy now. So I think it was just like, we get them in different scenarios with same thing. And I'm not, this makes me sound like a raging slut and I'm not. No, 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 but that's so funny because I... I also do that same thing at the gyno. Like anytime I notice a bump, I notice like razor bumps and I was like, mm, this is a little sus. What's this now? Literally yeah. let them check it out. And I'm like, I want a full blown screening. Someone get a flashlight in there. Like I want to know everything has been inspected that needs to be inspected before I leave. She's important. You know, you got to keep her, got to keep her on point. You got to keep her on point. She has not been active, but we got to keep her on point. <laughs> Mine is very, very lonely. I don't know how many your podcast but <laughs> no, we're, taking, sure we're taking lonely. resumes are, are you yeah I, I am too yeah what's we're like accepting your, resumes what's your resume criteria for that do you have any 
Yeah, we have a lot of criteria. Um, I, I would probably take up the whole time you have allotted for this podcast. Um, okay. But no, but we, <laughs> we care very much about finding, you know, we want like a round peg in a round hole, not a square peg in a round hole, if that makes sense. So like, he's got to be all the things, smart, funny, fun, positive, dynamic you know you got to be able to like Netflix and chill but also like go to a black and tie black tie yes. game with me and hey mm-hmm. you know you got to be able to like dance on the dance floor with my friends if I'm DJing you got to be able to like you know I don't go run as errands for Bethany Frankel if I'm filming like I whatever it is like you should and it, by the way I'm not saying that every husband or boyfriend should be my assistant but just like be able to be in all those different situations. I'm very sensitive to that because I had, my ex told me that he felt like a member of my staff and uh, I'm making a conscious effort not to have that happen again. <laughs> okay. But I actually like love you. Like, I think I like you so much. And I, I, I didn't know how this went. When you, when you hop on with someone, you never know how it's going to go, but I feel like I'm literally talking to my soul sister. And I, I have that same issue is I act like people are my personal assistant. I guess if it's like, I'm dating them long-term, but it's like, sometimes it's just part of the role of being boyfriend, girlfriend, as long as it's being reciprocated assistant. Exactly. Totally. Like I am down to get my hands dirty for you too. Like whatever. I mean, my ex is a lawyer, right? I can't, certainly can't give legal advice. I, I love you. Okay. So we just need to dive into this before we dive into the episode, because I knew of you from your podcast, which had like oh. a rebrand and, um, you had Marshall Sandman on and Marshall we've had on our podcast. We were connected with him through. Oh my God. I love that. Wait, yes, so you so- knew you, cause that was way before the big shot with Bethany. Yes, this was way before. So I was following you for a while now and this like all came full circle. So this is so exciting to be finally talking to you, but um, you had an episode talking about COVID dating. And I can't remember when this was. I think this was like the winter time when you had it with him. And I was pissing my pants in my dad's office because I was working there at the time. And I was like, this is so true. And you were saying how you were talking about your ex-boyfriend and you were saying how you're now doing older. So you're dating like people's dads. And he was trying to set you up with his like, dad's friends and you were like do you have any I'm like so wait that's so funny I literally Marshall texted me something and today I responded on DM and was like still waiting for your setup bro that weird that that all happened today when I was getting on your podcast yeah, um so yeah that episode is lit by the way like I remember listening oh, back to me so that lit. and be like it's so lit that was like, we, Marshall and I were at this point where we would like have white claws and podcasts. And I think, I think I should go back to that. Like, I think I'm just like, I'm already a little fun, but I think that really brings out my, un- unleashes my beast, you know? Oh, it yeah, was a little pep level. in the step. Yeah. <laughs> like speaking of lawyers. So my dad, my dad's a lawyer and I'm in his office and I was working from home at his office just to have like peace and quiet. Cause no one talks in there. Like they're not social beings. Yeah. They're all just reading like hundred page, whatever the frick it is. And I was cracking up in this room. My dad knocked and he was like, you need to keep it down. I'm on a conference call. And I'm like, literally like choking, <laughs> listening to your podcast. It was, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah. I got yelled at because of it. And I'm not even like, he was like, hey, you need to keep it down. And like tap on the glass door. And I was like, all right, sorry, dad. Let me get it I'm together. I'm so flattered. Thank you. I'm just, I'm glad that we like, honestly, I feel like my, one of my biggest goals in life is just to make people laugh because laughing is so cathartic. Mm -hmm. Laughing helps stimulate your brain. It generates more happiness. And if I make people laugh, I feel like, all right, I'm fucking done here. And, And I think 
that was what was really cool with the big shot. You know, when you film a TV show, you have no idea. Once you go off the deep end into the depths of the crazy reality TV world land, you don't know what to expect, especially when you're a big person. You don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. And I was just so grateful that they at least like allowed my humor into the, the final picture. You know what I mean? Because they also allowed some things that make me look a little crazy. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully some of my humor was redeeming because that's all I really want to do is just make fun of myself and make fun of everybody else. <laughs> No, people love that. Those are people's favorite characters on any type of reality TV show. The ones who are funny make people laugh. Like Summer House, I vibe so hard with Hannah Burner. Slightly crazy, but makes me laugh every single time. She is funny. I follow her too. And I, I don't know. She's one of the only ones I don't know, but she is very funny, but she's leaving. You know, I'm yes. kind of just like, who the hell are they putting in her place? I, I know they need someone. They need like a little pot stirrer, like someone yeah. funny, but like pot stirring. Tell me, you know, Carl Radke, like personally. Yeah, Carl and I were like good friends. Wait, like, shut the fuck up. I love him. Like, like, I would, you're like, you don't understand. I love this man. Like, love this man. I literally, <laughs> I'm so crazy. I screenshot a picture from yesterday. And I was like, Carl got either Botox or his teeth done. I sent it to my friend. Wait, the I'm one like, where he's holding up that book that he read? Yes, what, I, he I, my book club? I yes. didn't know Carl read, but I, I really love new Carl. Yeah, so I literally said this to my friend the other day. I was like, he got his teeth done. Oh, that's such a good picture. I mean, no, Carl's hot. I think Carl's teeth were always like pretty good. I don't know. I've known Carl. Like I met them when I went out to the Hamptons. I DJ a lot in the Hamptons just in general. I'm flying out there in two weekends and then again, doing Boop Clico 4th of July and whatever, not a flex, kind of a flex. But um, I I went out there for the finale of season one. And that was like, I only knew like a couple of their mutual friends. I didn't know any of them yet. And I knew Whispering Angel because I used to be the music director for Whispering Angel, America's favorite rosé, Avi. So I, I went out there, played their finale party, and the greatest moment of my life. Wait, I love that. I just Or one of them. Filming the big shot with Bethany was probably on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, no, let's dive in. Let's dive into it. So I know we had a lot of side conversation, but we just, I had to get that out there. Those thoughts were just brewing in my head all day. I had to get it out there. So please tell us because you're a former Midwest girl. I went to school in Ohio. Tell us about you. So like profession you're doing now, we're currently located and you don't have to say age. We don't care. You look great either way and you look like you're 20. So give us the tea. Okay. So I will, I'll spill the age because I okay. think people ask me on the show and then I wouldn't tell them just because there was this one girl that always like tried to bully me. And I was like, I just don't, I'm not going to like give you the carrot, right? Why would I give you yeah. the carrot? Um, but I'm 34 and I don't have a problem with saying my age and I you think look everyone phenomenal. should be proud of it. Thank you. Holy Thank shit. So like much. before you, you even came on with your ring light, like you can tell when someone has good skin, if they have good skin without the ring light, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when the ring lights on, you're like, Okay, I can't tell if it's good or bad, but yours was like glowy pre-ring light. So that's what can know I can I give skin. everybody like a pro tip? I have like that Paris filter for Zoom on. Oh, you know what you? I'm talking about, right? No. Do you not know about this? Yes. Where's the mine off? Because Katie didn't have the settings. So I was like, all right, I'll turn mine off. <laughs> oh, okay, Victoria. Well, you Wait, gotta get Vic, Katie. Turn your filter on and stop being a fake bee. Put your filter back on. <laughs> it's just like it's always on. It's like an automatic setting. I mean, I, I threw a little makeup on for you today, but normally I'm not wearing makeup. So it's just nice to have that on, you know, when you're, when you like swept, step out of the gym and you run straight into a zoom. And I'm like, I've literally, I've joined some podcasts lately, like sweating. And I'm like, I am disgusting right now. I'm so glad this is virtual for your sake. 
<laughs> I honestly wish it was in person because like I would be scared for the people around us because I think it would be so much energy. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves. They'd be freaking out or they just, it would rub off on them in all, in a good way, yeah, in a big clean energy way. So yeah. Okay. To answer the rest of your question. So I'm, I'm an entertainer, right? There's really two parts of me. I'm an entertainer. That's like the podcast. That's like the TV show. Um, and I'm a marketer and that's like social media. That's, I mean, that's really what drives the business. And that's also marketing is what I grew my career in. So I went to Emory university, graduated, worked at marketing agencies, big ones, uh, to small ones, worked my way up to be the director of P of social media, um, for ice media in Soho, New York. And, that was really my last job. I knew that I wanted to go off on my own. I had always, I'd been DJing on the side. Um, I really wanted to keep honing my craft and start getting paid for it. And I just put my head down and worked a lot and sacrificed my social life and my dating life. And I don't know, my sanity and probably a lot of other things to just really get there to that point where I could raise my rates, raise my rates and, and eventually build a solid business on it that the pandemic robbed me of. Um, so the, the good news about that is that there's always a silver lining, right? You know, the pandemic sucked for a lot of people, but for me, it was particularly bad in the beginning. You know, we saw like six figures in contracts just disappear overnight, but then this opportunity from the big shot with Bethany started to materialize. And, you know, I think I made it into something, right? You gotta, you gotta find a way to make lemonade or lemon custard or whatever, when you, when you have lemons. No, and you've done an incredible job at it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And when was the season filmed? Was it filmed like in the midst of the pandemic? I didn't realize. Yeah, that. in the fall. It was filmed in the fall. Oh, so so recently. I didn't yep. realize that. So can yeah. you talk about how you got involved with the show? Or is that like we can't talk about that? production. So it's, it's a little sausage gets made, but, um, so basically they put out a call for applications. I responded. It was a really long process. They, they were, it's funny because I feel like in the actual show, they don't tell you much about our professional backgrounds, which is really not doing Bethany or anybody justice, but everybody went through a grueling interview process. I mean, I had like a company or two that failed and they wanted to know what were the revenue numbers? Why did it fail? What is my analysis of what we could have done wow. better? I mean, it was, they asked really intense questions. Some of the things I hadn't even, I certainly hadn't prepared for in the context of a TV interview. Right. And I hadn't really fully finished, um, analyzing all of it myself. So yeah, it was, a, it was a really intense grueling process. It was about six months. Um, and then, you know, the, the final people were selected, but for whatever reason, they don't, they don't show you that much on everybody's credentials. Yeah, you're right, because I, I haven't finished the, the season, but in the first episode, I was like, they didn't give much background on how, they said they interviewed, or they had millions of applications, whatever, resumes through. And I'm like, well, how did they vet these people? Like, that was kind of vague. And yeah. I was like, how do they even know these people have the right experience? Because they just have like your, your title, and that doesn't yeah. really do you justice from a little title. So right. So it doesn't I mean, anybody can have a title. Totally agree. Wow. Okay. Well, congrats. That's amazing. Thank you. So how did you get to New York from the Midwest? And like, when were you like, okay, this is my journey. This is what I'm doing. And here's how I'm going to get there. So I had an Eloise moment. Um, I, I was literally 12. It was my 12th birthday. My mom was like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I was like, I want to go to New York. And she was like, okay. I mean, that's, 
Okay, fine. Right. Like you just didn't say no to me. Cause I, if my mind was made up, there was like, I wasn't going to accept, like, I, I maybe I would have taken like a pony, but I wasn't going to accept much less other than this trip to New York. So she was like, all right, fine. Well, we'll go. We, she booked like a room at the Waldorf, a story. We did tea at the Plaza. We went to FAO Schwartz. Like we did a double decker tour bus. Like we did, like she took me on a very awesome, very New Yorky, like first time girl from the Midwest, big starry eyes, finds her dream home. And I literally on the plane right back was like, I'm going to live in New York. And my mom was like, you're 12. Like, calm down. It's okay. Like, just take it one day at a time, honey. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to live there. And she was like, I just don't know what's up with this child. Um, so I went to Emory. I didn't really apply to schools in New York. I think I I wanted to be in the South. I love warm weather. I'm in Florida right now. You know, I go back and forth. Um, and I wanted to really just take my time with it. And when I graduated Emory, I actually got a job with an, with an Emory alum who had offices in New York and LA or San Diego. So um, it, it really worked out. It was like a very perfect path. And some of my friends from college ended up moving to New York with me. So I had even more friends in New York and it was honestly very seamless. It was like I had planned it. <laughs> And that's best case scenario, having an alum who like, I feel like alums are so gracious with people who went to their school and helping them totally. out with career stuff. So totally. then you had this corporate career. And then when were you like, when was your aha moment? Like, this is what I want to do. I want to be an entertainer. Like I have to do X, Y, and Z. That, that aha moment was a little more vague than the, like, I want to be Nicole from New York moment. Um, I like when I was a child, I was always entertaining everybody. I've always been a talker. I would run through my house, sliding on the hardwood floors with a hairbrush singing to like Madonna or TLC or, you know, Destiny's Child, whatever, Missy Elliott, whatever the, the hip song of the moment was. And that I was just, I was always active doing things or playing piano, even though I was like never that good. But <laughs> if my friends had parents, if my parents had their friends over, I would like offer to have a mini concert for people. Don't know why, because I kind of sucked, but like, I just liked to entertain everybody. And, you know, that's part of DJing too, right? When you're the DJ, you are the main entertainment. You are the centerpiece of that room. You are wielding the energy. You're in charge of people's emotions, right? So it is a really big responsibility, um, the way I see it. And I, you know, people had reached out to me, you know, DJing was just like my first like official avenue. And you know, then I got better and better at Instagram and, and figuring out how to entertain through that. And we're still, we're still figuring out how we're going to do things on TikTok. And, you know, the TV thing, people had approached me a number of times to do television. So I knew that like, I had like, people would always say that I was just like a human meme. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, I don't get it. And then like now watching the big shot back, I'm like, oh, Okay, that's what they meant. <laughs> you really inspire Katie and I. I'm speaking on Katie's behalf because- Yeah, please do. <laughs> we both are in corporate right now. And that's kind of like the path that you went into because at the end of the day, you want stability. Yeah. And, with and it's money. traditional. It's a traditional yeah. path. You go to college, you're like, okay, now I'm going to work in corporate. Correct. Yes. And it's very like expected. And the fact that you then like worked yourself up to such a high position 
And then you were like, okay, now it's time to pivot. And then you grew your other career. And Katie and I kind of dabble with saying like, oh yeah, we like being in corporate now, but we want to like eat up, be a sponge basically and get all that corporate knowledge. And then you can kind of pivot to doing like your own, be an entrepreneur, do all that. And I feel like you have the direction your life has gone into and correct me if I'm wrong, seems like you've been kind of like on that path and you've been so successful at it. I mean, look, I I wouldn't be like everything I ever did was a home run either though, right? Like I've taken a lot Mm -hmm. of risks. I think some of them have had rewards. I even think, you know, filming the big shot with Bethany in the middle of a pandemic, you know, it's a brand new TV show on a newish streamer. Like all of that is a risk, right? But I'm here now talking to you guys. So, so something's going in the right direction, you know? So (laughs) it is. um, Yeah. So it's, I think there entrepreneurship is a lot of ups and downs. And I think I am an endlessly optimistic person and I, that naivete almost is almost to my benefit because I don't Mm -hmm. often think, I think I can do everything first of all, which we can't all do everything, but it's a great attitude to have. And then just kind of not like seeing all the negatives allows you to jump into something more comfortably. Whereas like your mom is like having all sorts of anxiety for you, like has to be medicated. Like just, I'm not that way because I don't anticipate every problem I do anticipate a lot of problems obviously but I don't anticipate every problem and so that kind of that blind side actually allows you to kind of jump in with two feet and if you don't jump in with two feet you're never going to get on base or hit a home run you know what I mean so it's like I think the thing that I've done that's been a home run is DJing right like I built a six-figure career all by myself. I'm not from New York. It's not like my parents had every fashion designer or big charity friend or donor friend or whatever that's doing a million parties. Like I did all that on my own, starting from scratch with nothing, teaching myself. I had some mentors and coaches over the years that I would find ways to to trade help, you know, services with and help them as well. But that is the one thing that I can say like that has been a success, right? But I, I had a nightclub, most people, I had a bar, not a nightclub really, but a bar that most people don't know this, that failed. I had a headphone line that we recently um, decided we needed to start winding down for not because we weren't getting orders more because we had issues with product and fulfillment and in the pandemic, our factories are based in China. It just, everything got so complicated for us in the pandemic that it just no longer seemed like a super viable business and our costs shot up. So Um, yeah, I mean, like I've had home run, I've had, I've had like one thing that I think is a home run. I've had other things that have been like essentially failures, but it's like, I don't want to look at them like that. So it it is a roller coaster. I guess my point is that it's not for the faint of heart. Like you have to really be able to stomach the risk. You need to have a strong support system. You need to have savings. I had money saved when I went to go off and do stuff. And there were points in time where I took other jobs on the side too, to make ends meet. Like I remember there was a period even in my DJ career where I wanted to raise my rates. And I was like, if I keep playing for the same 500 or $800 or whatever it was, nobody's going to pay 2000 or 3000. So I was like, how the hell do I get from this to where I deserve to be and where Mm -hmm. I want to be, where I'm going to be feel valued for my time. Right. And my solution to that was say no to, to everything, not at the higher rate and eventually people will come around and eventually that's what happened. But in the meantime, I still had to make money, you know? So you touched on something, just one example of, of a struggle. <laughs> you touched on something, two things that really spoke out to me was mentoring and risks. And I think the biggest thing to, you know, growing 
personally, professionally is finding mentors. So for you, what was kind of your plan of attack to find mentors who genuinely wanted to help you and see you succeed? So I think it's, it's really different, right? I think every career is a little bit different. I'm sure there are some themes that work across different professions, but with the DJing business, I found what I could give. I think this is a general rule that would probably work in any, any industry. What can you give to a mentor that you're seeking? What can you genuinely do better than that person where you can impart your wisdom, your knowledge, build out a social media feed, whatever it is. Like for me, I'm excellent at programming music. So I have these massive libraries of up-to-date music because I knew the trends. I just have an ear for it. I can see where things are going. I can predict what's going to be the song of the summer before other people. So I would have all these songs and I would give that library of new stuff to the other DJs that were willing to coach me on my technique because I didn't feel, I didn't feel that we were competition anyway. You know, nobody's really your competition. The way that you do what you do is unique to you, you know? So if you look at it like that, then it's not a big deal for you to give your time and your energy and your gifts to other people. Cause it's all going to, it's going to manifest differently in each of you. They're going to play the songs in a different order, mix them differently at a different party. They're a different vibe. So the client that wants you is going to come to you anyway, right? Because of what you're, you're giving off, you're going to attract, you know, a lot of my clients are in luxury and fashion, right? And that's, that's like my niche. And that a hundred percent makes sense. I'm really big on finding mentors and making sure that I'm having like touch points with them and figuring out like, what can I learn from them? And like, what can they learn from me and making sure it benefits both of us? So, yeah. and we get asked about that, like in our professional life stories, like, well, who are your mentors? Like, how did you get here? And I just think it's the biggest tip of advice is find those mentors who one care and can help you like find your value and figure that out. Totally. I'm looking for new mentors now. Cause now I'm in a weird, weird, unique place where there's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, once again, I'm out on the deep end of uncharted territory. And so, but I think that's, you just keep leveling up, you know, when you do new things, you just take what worked from the process before and implement, try to implement it again. Definitely. And that speaks to the risk-taking. So when you started applying for the show and when you got on it, did you ever like shit yourself where you were like, oh God, I can't go through with this. Or the whole time you were like, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. Oh no. In the middle of the photo shoot, I was like, okay, I'm just going to call an Uber now and go home. And then I was like, oh, just kidding. I don't have a phone. I can't call an Uber. And then I was like, pretty sure the contract said I couldn't quit. Okay. Not going to quit. <laughs> That's not going to work. Oh the only way forward is through. I mean, I wasn't really going to quit. I'm just kind of like teasing, but I was like, I mean, I was really like on the inside. I know it doesn't look like it so much, but on the inside, I was like, this is literally my worst nightmare manifesting in reality. Like I loved Bethany and I, I mean, I still like her and respect her. And I was terrified to be you know, in a brawl with her on national television. Like I was thinking, I mean, I know how reality TV works in my head. I'm like, well, they're going to make somebody a victim. And like, it's probably not going to be me. It's her, her name's in the title. Right. So then yeah. I'm the villain. And then I was like, fuck, like I, that's <laughs> not anything that I stand for. Right. Like I believe in love and try to treat everybody to the best of my ability. I'm not fucking perfect. I have bad days. Like I'm not going to be like, I've never complained at a nail salon. Like, yeah, 
okay, if you fuck up my manicure, I might let you know and ask <laughs> you to fix it. I'm yeah. not going to bitch slap you. It's not that serious, you know, but, um, yeah. So that was, that photo shoot was a real, like come to Jesus moment where I was like, I'm in over my head. Like I need a new strategy, like in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> I mean, she's cutthroat. She, I mean, that's also half the reason she has the success she has, especially, you know, as a female entrepreneur, because you have to have that thick skin to, you know, let people know, like you can't be taken advantage of. But I mean, I can't like it, this brings me back to like real housewives, like watching those kind of fights gives me secondhand anxiety. Oh yeah. I mean, were you not feeling anxious for me when you were watching that? No, I, I was. I that. almost had an anxious <laughs> shit. I was like, I gotta fucking go. <laughs> I know that feeling. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, I I thought the show was like more of The Apprentice, and then uh, in filming that photo shoot, I was like, okay, maybe I'm on the Real Housewives. I was like, I, I really don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I don't know. <laughs> this is very unclear. I mean, you guys also know too that like there were like no rules, but then there were also like a lot of rules, and then there were like no rules. It was the whole thing was very confusing. Is the way that the show presents Bethany is was that like exactly how she was in person? Like I know reality TV, it's like about the edits, but so I mean similar. that is Bethany, right? Like okay. what you see is what you get with her. But I will say this, you know, there were many, many, many hours of content filmed, and they so they only show like the most riveting pieces of content, right? So mm -hmm. there, I mean, there's like downtime and stuff too. So I don't think it's fair to just be like her yelling at everybody and making fun of everybody the whole time is her, all of her. Like she obviously has to take a breath between sentences at some point. Right. <laughs> Even though they well, don't let me take a breath, apparently in, <laughs> in episode one or two or whatever, it looks like I just literally, it looks like I'm superhuman that doesn't need to breathe between sentences. But you did something right because you made it down to the final three. So what was like your strategy that took you to that level? Well, it was pivoting all the time. You know, so I got there and I, I studied her going into it. So when I got selected for the opportunity, I was like, I'm going to listen to every one of her podcasts. I'm going to read her book. I'm going to watch the apprentice that she was on plus as many other seasons as I possibly can, just to write down some type of a strategy, what worked, what isn't working for people. Right. So I think I watched like six seasons, right. They're like 20 episodes each of the apprentice read her book, listen to her podcast. I studied her psychology. Like I wanted to understand what she liked, what she valued, what her upbringing was like, so I could understand how she thinks. And if you can understand how somebody thinks, you can at least win a little, right? I mean, but yeah, I had to pivot during it because I thought, you know, I went into it like, I, it's it was just like unclear the whole time about how, what percent of it was job interview and what percent of it was TV. Okay. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. And when you're saying her book, I know she has multiple books. Did you ever end up reading her relationship book? Did that ever come across your way? I did not find that one to be as relevant to going to work for her. So I read um, Coming from a Place of Yes, which I thought would be more relevant to helping me build out a strategy to win. No, definitely. A hundred percent. The only reason I brought up is because, so I met her, I was following her for years and I met her in high school with this book signing in New Jersey. So oh, nice. that was like my little like glimpse of her. And it was like super like high and by, but I was like, okay, like she signed my book. That was nice. Like now I'm going to go like sit in my car and like stare at it for five hours. And then that's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I hear you on that. I also, uh, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't take relationship advice from. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. You know, it started me off on the wrong foot, I guess. Career advice. Yes. Career advice. I read this so long ago. So now I'm just like, "Mm, maybe. Although I will say her new ring is like 20 fucking carats. I don't know. They're valuing it at a million dollars. I'm like, okay. Holy shit. Maybe she is doing something. Maybe she does have all the secrets. So she might. She might. I don't know. And he's hot. Whatever. Oh, he's hot. He's hot. I and, oh, I, yeah. You I haven't kept up with who this most recent guy is. I literally just look at her um, TikToks with Bryn. I think they're so freaking cute. But um, I honestly haven't kept up with her relationship. I love since her and Bryn. Divorce. I don't even know if they're officially hot. divorced yet. Okay. Oh, I, I'll have I to think, look him up. I think so. you must be to get engaged. I mean, no, no, you can't get officially married. I don't know. True. I don't know the, the scoop on that. So I don't want to opine on that. You'd have to, to ask the Google. Can we ask you if you're dating? Oh, of course. I'm an open book. Um, I would like to be dating. You know, I think this whole like the month, six weeks, whatever it's been with the show airing and whatnot, it's, it was like a lot. You know, there was stuff for me to process that I think, you know, in that experience that I had went through that I didn't even realize that I was still maybe holding on to or carrying around with me. And so I needed to really and there were, you know, there was a lot of incoming messages and requests and, and I wanted to get back to everybody and just really like live in the moment with that. So I do need to get back on the dating bandwagon. I haven't been so proactive about it. I just kind of feel like he's going to call me whoever he is. I don't know. Or like, like, or like one of my best like friends. A yeah. Like I, and that doesn't happen. Right. That probably like happens in a movie and I just am like still holding on to a rom-com from 1995 on lifetime or something. But, um, yeah, I think <clears throat> I was going to go to the Bitcoin conference in Miami, which I would be at like literally right now. So I think like maybe one of my girlfriends will, will meet a nice Bitcoin fellow for me. Oh, hell yes. Business. A man who <laughs> yes. likes to invest. <laughs> we love men who invest. We love finance. We men. love and finance. He's good men. with money. Honestly, like that's all I need. Cause it's like, you're saving up and you're, you know, your stuff's good. It's like, well, I want to make sure that's also with my partner as well. Like there's so much more that goes into it now than just like attraction. Totally agree. And like, I don't want it to be one-sided. I am, I heavily invest in stocks. I care about growing my worth and building a life for my family and, and securing my own future. So why he should too. like, I mean, he should be as good because he has more resources than we do. You know, men are willing to mentor each other. You know, guys talk about that in their friend chats. Like if I sent like the stocks I was picking to my group chat of my girlfriends from college, I think everybody would just ghost, right? Like nobody would respond. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, That's so true. But guys have like resources, right? They all like talk about this shit together. So yeah, he should so at least have his shit together as much, if not more. A hundred percent. So I invest mean, in he, Bitcoin. Call me. <laughs> I don't think any boys that are even remotely cute listen to this podcast, but, or any boys in general, but if they do, I hope they call you. <laughs> so I kind of have like a similar situation to you. So I feel like I'm trying to work on myself. I'm trying to build all these things. And I just constantly run into fuck boys, like left and right. That's yeah. Those are the only people who reach out to me are either significantly like deranged deranged yeah and I'm like how, I'm like how did you think that this was gonna like work out for you I'm like you think I'm your type like what so I guess what what's like your tips that you've kind of learned through navigating like entrepreneurship with dating and like finding people who are like kind of like in your ranks yeah so I think like the biggest thing that I realized is that I have to actually 
put time for it on my schedule. If I don't make a conscientious effort to date, I won't. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not good. That's not good with me. I think, you know, what's actually really funny. I haven't really told this story yet. Um, during filming the big shot with Bethany, you know, I was locked away. I was lonely. I you know, didn't have access to electronics most of the time. And so I'm, I'm literally like lying in bed, like what's going on with my life? Like, was this a good life decision? Like I'm fucked, whatever, you know, just running through all the things that you think before you can't sleep. And I woke up the next morning, like three mornings in a row, I woke up having a dream that I needed to freeze my eggs. So really, yeah, like I had just turned 34 and they came to me in a dream. So I literally like went on, I went in one day, like the next day and I was talking about it with some people on the set and someone gave me a recommendation for kind body. And I was like, all right, I'm going to fucking DM them tomorrow. Like <laughs> that's happening. Um, so I actually already froze my eggs in February. Ooh, I just went that's and great. fucking did. I just, if I'm going to do something, I just jump right in and get it done. Um, which is a good thing and a bad thing probably. Cause sometimes I feel really burnt out and tired. And then, you know, but looking back and I'm like, Whoa, I did a lot in this pandemic. You know, I mean, you check it off the list. Like it's done. You don't have to worry about it in the future. Be like, why didn't I do that? Like you did it. It's done. You're good to go. So whenever that day comes and that guy calls you, you know what? You're going to go and get that shit. You're going to get that. Whatever they do with that, it's going to be good. Yeah. Those eggs are young, 34 year old, healthy, smart, beautiful babies. They're everything you want. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that's one thing, right? It's just like, checking in with yourself and being like, here's my pillars in life. How much Mm -hmm. of time am I allotting to work? How much of time am I allotting to my self-care and developing my passions or my side hustle or whatever? And how much of my time am I allotting to my personal life? And is that balanced between friends and dating in a way that makes sense for me? And if it Mm -hmm. doesn't reflect your goals, then you need to readjust. And so I had to have that awakening with myself a couple of years ago, because I had been so gung ho, like I'm building my empire. I'm DJing everywhere around the world. And my life is fucking great. I'm never alone. I'm certainly not bored. I'm not lonely. There's always a dude to get on a plane to go to Cuba or Nantucket or Aspen or wherever I'm going with me. Like literally like there was always like the life. (laughs) I mean, not right. Right. Not just saying like, there was always somebody that was willing to get on a flight to go with me. And I would put, you know, for a couple of years, it just did not occur to me. If I didn't put in some effort, I wasn't going to yield the results that I wanted. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we put in all this effort into our businesses, into our best friendships. Why don't we put a similar level of effort into our dating lives? You know, that person we're going to spend with arguably, you know, the most years, right. And in a good outcome, you're going to spend the most years with that partner. So I don't know. I wish I had all the answers. I would take my advice with a grain of salt because I'm clearly 34 single and horny. No, just kidding. Oh my Uh, God. No, that's me. That's how I describe myself. There we go. (laughs) Two peas in a pod. Hopefully I can figure, you know, I think the dating thing is like the last one of the last pieces of the puzzle to kind of figure Which is totally out. And then, okay. Yeah. And like, part of it is here's another really good thing that I'm doing right now is I'm just enjoying the journey. I'm enjoying the random dinners with dudes that are boring. And I'm finding that one <laughs> I thing love it. that's interesting about them. And I'm just like, 
pulling that out of them. And I just harp on that, or I just get fucking drunk. And I'm like, all right, well, I got a night out with me, you know, whatever it is. Like you can always, once again, you can make lemonade. You can turn it into lemonade and vodka, you know, like it's, you can do it if you try so I'm just trying to enjoy the fact that he hasn't arrived yet, but I know that he will. So let me just coast into it. I don't have to be at that destination yet. I've hit a lot of destinations. Yeah, I've hit a yeah. lot of destinations. I've achieved a lot of the goals on my list in, in my life. And of course, there's plenty more business goals that I want to achieve. But this personal one, it's you kind of have to be okay with not having it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And like, even in the midst of my friend's getting married, having babies. Like I look at that as inspiration instead of being jealous. I see that as, wow, I'm so excited for the day that I have that too. And it's going to be so great. Cause you're going to have gone through all this bullshit before me and you're going to teach me. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just going to have all these friends that know how to do all this better than me. So that's value. Right. So I think a lot of it with dating is really your mindset. We did an episode with a matchmaker who I really respect on big queen energy two weeks ago. Um, so that's a really good one, Katie, you should, and Victoria, both of you, if you're both yeah. single, you guys should listen. She's to not, but she's like, she's like single through me. Like we, we actively date together. Like, cause I fill her in every single boy and like every single aspect <laughs> of everything. Okay. So it's, she's single by association. It's kind of like yes. how I'm Jewish by association. Same thing. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about dating in general. Like how do you go on most dates? Like, is it usually started through an app or is it just like Instagram message? Cause you do have a huge Instagram following. You're at like almost 90 K. How does that usually like work for you? I don't, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't really think I've gone out with any guys that I've met on Instagram. Cause I think like a lot of the people that follow me are like girls okay. you know, that like, or like, especially a lot of the people that watch the show, I guess there are men too, but nobody's really like asked me out just via Instagram people. I've met people on like hinge. Right. And they've gone and followed me and then maybe asked me out there instead of on the app. Cause I'm like slow or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, dating apps, like setups through friends. Um, Jordan's mom just said she was going to set me up. So we'll see if he calls. Oh, I met my ex at a wedding. Like I, you know, with, with my best friend from Emory, he was, he went to Columbia law with her husband, do you know? So I think you can meet people all over. I met my ex before that on Tinder back before it was like, you know, the slutty app, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I think you can meet people in all sorts of ways. And I think once again, too, you need to be open like this day and age. Like if you're going to block off any one channel, like the people who say like, they don't want to do apps, like good luck then, you know, that if you have, if you have a bad attitude anything in the dating realm, that attitude is going to bleed over into other areas of your dating life. And it's, Mm -hmm. it means that you're going to show up and not be that excited or you're, and, or he's going to like say one wrong thing and you're going to get wigged out without asking more questions about it. It's just that that's like a bad mentality. And I know a lot of girls that look at dating like it's a drag. You should look at dating like I get to do this. Like this is exciting. This is it's probably more exciting than being fucking pregnant. Yeah. So, true. You know, <laughs> just like revel in it. Like enjoy yeah. it. Like get get throw that hot girl outfit on. Like just have a fucking white cloth. Drink a glass of rose. Have fun. This is what I needed to hear. This is what I needed to hear. Okay. I should honestly I should charge for my advice. No, you <laughs> should. You should. No, I actually do. We have a mentorship. So anyway. Yes. I heard you're looking, you're looking for people and it starts June 7th. June 
15th, right? the week of June 15th. Okay, um, yeah, I'm we have a bit, we already have people that. signed up. It's a beta program. So it's going to be the first time I've ever launched it, but it is about a lot of these mindset hacks, not specifically around dating. I'm not going to pretend to be like a dating, right. Um, but a lot of these mindset hacks, tips, tricks, things that ways that you can adjust your attitude to actually manifest what you want to so be a magnet for your dreams mm-hmm. and your goals and that right dream husband, that Bitcoin daddy. <laughs> yeah. The Bitcoin daddy. No, cause you're literally <laughs> preaching. You're preaching to me right now because this is what I needed. Cause I swore off eating apps. I was like, no, I didn't have luck. And I think I do the thing where I swear off people. If I hear one thing I don't like, and then I just like, I'm just not as open-minded as I think I am or as I would like to be. And yeah. I realized that the other day. And I said, I need to start being more conscious of being open-minded because I'm sure there's things I say that freak people the fuck out. So I, I have to give that same you know, openness and vulnerability. Back. Your awareness of that is incredible, right? That's so self-aware oh, and smart. So kudos to you, Katie. And like, just, you know, <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Like, this is me being no, a coach. Even I know you are. No, I know you are. But like, seriously, that's going to take you to the next level. Like just being aware of these little nuances that we all have in our personality. I have plenty of them. I have a, I have a laundry list of bad too. So it's just being aware of these little things that we do can help lead to better results. So that's great that you're, that you already know that, you know? Yes, it is. Also I'm, my, I'm my looking. take on you is, I don't know if you want what? my take. No, tell me, tell me. You're a big personality. Just like me. You've got so much big queen energy too. But <laughs> you're you also, you've got a little big dick energy. I do too. No, I major big dick energy. Beth, Bethany is like 100% big <laughs> like dick energy. Like big dick energy. Like literally, this is so, I, I don't even say this to me to be vain. I just say this because I know like sometimes I feel down on myself about the way I look or my weight because like I gained 10 pounds in COVID and I just wasn't feeling my best. So then, you know what? I just told myself, Katie, you're the hottest fucking bitch. Like I'll walk downstairs and I'm like, who is so fucking sexy? And my mom would be like, oh man, like no mom, myself. Like, look at me. <laughs> like, and I'm not, it's not to be vain, but it's like, sometimes you just need to be your own hype team like and say these things so you believe it because if you don't believe it and people are just giving and if you're just looking for external validation it's just not it's not going to solve your problems it's just not totally totally and so that's part of what we do in the mentorship is we actually help you come up with mantras that work for you help you come up with affirmations that are derived from these negative beliefs that you have about yourself, right? Your quote unquote mm-hmm. limiting beliefs. We actually go through a personalized process over eight weeks that helps you build this mindset tool in your phone that you can read at any moment when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling insecure. Like we're women. We all have those moments where yeah. we're like, fuck, you know, that was even my photo shoot moment. I was like, oh my, I need to go in the bathroom and give myself a pep talk. Like similar situation. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, you're a fucking queen. Get back out there. Rise to the top. You can do this. You can't quit now. You know, like I was like, I have 30 seconds to like pump her up, you know? Yeah. So yeah, no, that's, I think that's really great that you are doing that, but there's ways to make, to essentially make this practice of pumping yourself up a habit that it just becomes by your, your training, your brain in our mentorship, that it becomes such a natural habit that you do it. Like every time you look in the mirror, like you do it when you tie your fucking shoes, you put on your yoga pants and you're like, damn, that feels good. You're rubbing your lotion (laughs) on your ass cheeks and you're like looking good today. You know, it's like, it just becomes ingrained in you. I, I, that's the only way how to describe it. So it's, it's this repetitive process that I help teach that I use 
once again, this was a tool for me when I went off into entrepreneurship, there was a moment once that I was out on the deep end again, where I was like, I'm fucked. Like I'm legitimately fucked. I don't think that I was cut out for this. And I was like, yes, you are. Yes, you are, bitch. You can do this. Yeah. You just need some strategies and some tools. <laughs> I also love therapy. Therapy is also great. I'm also considering going back to my therapist. I just feel like sometimes it's so good to get a third party. And I guess it's kind of similar to your group, like getting a third party opinion. Someone who doesn't know you, your ins and outs. And then you get to discuss it and you start to like put your pieces together of why you're doing this. You don't need a therapist unless you have real serious issues that you want to work through. What I'm feeling for you is that you just need my mentorship. It's cheaper and you're going to learn more. And the point is then you can use this stuff on okay. yourself for the rest of okay, your okay. life. When you go okay. to a therapist, you have to rely. I'm not trying to hard sell you. You don't need to sign no, up. No, no, no. Give it to like, me. The, I've, I've seen a therapist, right? My parents put me in therapy when I was 12 because they had such a bad divorce that the court mandated it. So I am no stranger. I don't need to study. And I did study psychology, but I don't need to study any of this shit to tell you that I know all of this. But when you know how to implement these strategies for yourself, when you understand your own brain, your negativity bias, your own limiting beliefs, it's so much more personal than you can be your own hype girl, your own life coach, your own therapist. And you can use this process for free anytime. You don't have to wait till they can answer your call or respond to your text or get on with you. You have the tools within you. We all have these tools within us. I feel like I'm giving a sermon right now. So no, it's a TED talk. I love love it. it. And the first it's, I love that you said that you studied psychology because one of my first thoughts about you was I was like, she has so much emotional intelligence. Like you guide yeah, you so do. much of your decisions. Like you're aware, like studying Bethany, like you knew like, okay, let me study her style doing this. Like, I love it. So for people who want, this episode's going to go up after it starts. So if someone wants to, you know, sign up, is it possible to do it? Yeah, they can reach out to us. Yeah, if, if anybody wants to still join in, I would just, I would get them up to speed personally. So they'd have some one-on-one time. So no big deal. Um, they can, they might want that. Um, they can reach us at team at big queen energy That's our email. I mean, or they can DM me at Nicole Rose. It's just, if you type in Nicole Rose, it'll come up, but it's Nicole Rose Stillings. Um, drop a DM that works too. And, and we can talk about if I think this is the right fit for you. You know, some people have reached out. I think it's, what's really cool about the podcast is that people have connected to a lot of the advice that I, or one of the co-hosts gives over the year that we've been doing it. And some people have reached out, you know, that, that we did an episode on losing parents and they've, they're, they're going through something incredibly challenging. Like I wouldn't, mm-hmm. this program's not going to solve the loss of a parent, right? So it's like, I wanna create a very clear boundary where like, if you think you might need an antidepressant or you definitely know that, you know, therapy is right for you right now, then this is not a replacement for that in any way, shape or form. I'm not a doctor, although both my parents and my sister are doctors, I'm not a doctor. I'm trained in, in how to have fucking fun. And I'd like to do, <laughs> um, but, yeah. but yeah. So I think that's what I would say on that and happy to talk individually with people to, to see if it could be a fit. Wow. I'm enlightened. I'm enlightened after this. <laughs> Me hour too. I'm so inspired you. by you. So Aww, what's what's you. your next move? Like what's next for Nicole Rose? Yeah, I mean, th- this is really I'm so excited about teaching the mindset stuff. By the way, the program is going to be called Queens of Creation. 
because it's about building your dream life from the inside out and teaching everybody. I, I manifested yeah. literally everything that I wanted. I thought eight years ago about being like building a business like Bethany. I, she was the first person to use her influence, right. To sell products. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is brilliant. I want to do this. I'm fuck. Yeah. Count me in. And then, you know, weirdly here we are, we're talking about a TV show that I was just on with her. What are the odds of that? So yeah, I think this is what I'm super excited about right now. And hopefully uh, in the future, there'll be an opportunity to grace the big screen again. I hope so. I hope I see on my big screen. Whenever that happens, I want to come to the premiere party because- Well, you will be invited. Oh, God bless. I wasn't even asking for an invitation, but if I have one, that might be the perfect place for me to meet someone. See if they can do a gala, like a gala fancy black tie event and see if they can Netflix and chill. It's the perfect test. I love it. Exactly. We'll do it. So before we end, we love to ask what your power move is to how you got to where you are. So like, what is your life model, whatever your mantra is that keeps you inspired and gets you going to the next step? I have a couple. So one of them is, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Like it really, it was something I had been using, but it really came to head for me in that photo shoot. And I used it through the rest of filming to stay strong and keep myself grounded. And it's just, you're a fucking queen, you know, you're a queen. Look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you're a queen and Queens lift each other up. Queens always rise up, you know? And then another thing is just positivity always wins. So, you know, you can fight fire with fire if you want to, but I can tell you nine times out of 10, if not 99 times out of a hundred, you're going to get a better result with positivity. What is positivity? Love, kindness. There's always a loophole. There's always another solution that isn't being nasty to somebody who's nasty to you. You know, I I think even in the show, I kind of showed some of that with how I handle Wendy. Um, If you, if you, I don't know if you guys have seen that far yet, but if you haven't, then you're, you're in for a thriller. I can't wait because it's a great mindset to always be positive because that right. also, and also even business-wise, like people want to work with people who are positive and likable. They don't want to work with totally. someone who's a negative Debbie Downer because they, people want to go into business, I feel like with people who they're friends with, or they could see themselves spending a lot of time with. Um, totally hence true. That's why Vic is my business person. So yeah. I love that. Where can everyone keep up, follow you, listen to your podcast, give us all of the plugs. Awesome. So yeah, it's Instagram. We're pretty active on Instagram. Um, You can follow me at just by typing in Nicole Rose or Nicole Rose. It'll be my full name, Nicole Rose Stillings that pops up. We're verified. You can chat. You can find the little check mark. Um, And the podcast is Big Queen Energy Pod on Instagram and bigqueenenergypod.com is our URL. And you know, if you any of this advice resonated with you and you want to join the beta of Queens of Creation, our mindset mentorship, where I will be glad to school you and fix all your problems. I'm just kidding. I can't promise that. Um, but you can just shoot us an email at team at bigqueenenergypod.com or shoot me a DM. And also because I was stalking you on Instagram, everything is linked in her bio. So if you go to her Instagram, you click the link yep. in her bio, all of it is linked there for everything that she does. So you can search through, figure out what's best for you and kind of go from there. Yep. We have a freebie too on how to use your morning to manifest in three easy steps. So that's a good one. Everybody should be using that. that after this. <laughs> yeah, go get it. Woo! Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on to our podcast and spending the, the last hour and 15 minutes with us. This has been so great. And this actually like cheered my week up a lot. So Aww. thank you. And we are the Moral Hangover Podcast. We have new episodes every Monday. We will see you then. Bye, everyone.